Hello, and welcome to The Reading Room. This is Kate, or Mrs. Lemonade, on Twitter, and a special guest, Mr. Lemonade. So, Today, we will be reading A Different Perspective by House of Pixels, Chapter 4, Connecting the Dots is Just Drawing with Guidance. This fic is rated explicit. Please see the AO3 link in the description for additional tags. Achako took a deep breath at Aizawa's words. She felt like she was back in school, waiting for someone to tell her everything was going to be okay, that the professional heroes would come rescue her. She obviously knew that at this point she was the pro-hero, and that she was going to have to figure this out herself. That's why it was so strange that Aizawa had held back information from her. She was nervous to figure out why he had been holding knowledge back about the quirk that seemed to be connecting her and Bakugo's minds. Her nerves stirred, making her stomach pang. Bakugo? Aizawa-san wants to speak to both of us, together. Can you come to my room? She felt Bakugo's interest peak as she asked, then felt it turn sour as he processed the request. He knows more than he's letting on, doesn't he? It appears so, yes. Bastard. Okay, no need to be rude. He's just trying to help. She felt what seemed like the equivalent of a grumble come from his side of the link, which she took to mean he'd be coming by. What room are you? Ochako realized she had no idea what her room number was at that moment. It was a silly thing to forget to mention when you were asking someone to come over. How awkward of her. Eh, Aizawa-san, what is this room number? Ochako asked bashfully, fully aware of how dumb the question sounded. She supposed she could blame it on the morphine if worse came to worse. 463. He motioned to the whiteboard on the wall. Achako looked over to see that on it the hospital staff had written the names of her doctors and nurses, the date, and that her room number was 463. Achako felt her cheeks heat up in even more embarrassment. Her brain really was somewhere else today. Guess I ought to pay more attention, she said under her breath, wringing her hands together in embarrassment. It's okay. It's disorienting to wake up in a different place, he said, waving away her apology. You can tell Bakugo that it's just down the hall from his room. We're in 436. Aizawa-san said it's just down the hall from where you are. He didn't respond, but she felt him get dizzy briefly and assumed he was on the way. He felt, per usual, mildly annoyed at the task of walking to her room. She rolled her eyes at his general attitude. It wasn't like he was the only one inconvenienced by this whole thing. He's on his way, she informed Aizawa, who nodded in affirmation. Well, at least I think he is. He didn't exactly tell me, she added as an afterthought. Aizawa looked at her curiously. Deku described that you were fully immersed and could not tell each other what you were thinking, he stated as if it were a fact. Achako knew Aizawa's tone indicated that it was a request for explanation rather than a statement. Well, no, I mean, it's different now than it was last night, four days ago, Achako offered lamely, struggling to figure out how to describe the change. Also, how the heck would Deku know what it felt like? It was kind of off-putting that Aizawa trusted Deku's analysis so much. He could be wrong about things, after all. Yeah, he was wrong about me, for example. 
Pachaco mentally cringed away from the thought, thankful that she and Bakugo were no longer so intimately connected that he could hear everything that happened to pass through her mind. Different how, Aizawa inquired, stiffening in his chair. He was clearly uncomfortable with the way the quirk was changing. It made Achako more curious as to what information about the recent changes he was privy to that she wasn't. Well, it's... muted. She started looking at her hands. It's like... the link is fuzzy. I can feel what emotions he is experiencing, but they don't affect me. Before, it was all together. Like anything either of us thought or felt, the other also felt. It's the same with pain. She grasped at the air, trying to find the correct way to describe it. She figured that trying to explain the hole in her brain where the link was wouldn't be a good place to start. Or how she felt like he was on the other side of a window, visible but separate. She didn't even really understand it herself, and Aizawa probably wouldn't understand the analogies. Link? he asked impassively, seemingly more relaxed after her explanation, as if he expected things to have worsened rather than gotten better. Oh, yeah, that's just what I call it. There isn't a really good word to describe it, but Link is close enough. She explained her personal nomenclature for the weird connection to Bakugo she felt in the back of her head. Was it harder to communicate when you first woke up? He asked, clearly on to something Achako wasn't grasping yet. He was asking some very specific questions. She wished Bakugo would just hurry up so she could learn what Aizawa was waiting to tell them. Then she could at least attempt to connect the dots that Aizawa was already connecting. Yeah, it was but I was still feeling the effects of the sedative, she said as way of explanation. She figured that if her mental capacities to think clearly were affected as much as they had been earlier, that it was safe to assume the link would have been too. Before Uraraka could think more on it, though, there was a sharp knock on her door. Come in, Bakugo, Aizawa called towards the entry. Achako watched as Bakugo came into the room, wheeling an IV stand behind him still being infused with fluids and morphine like she was. His eyes roamed around the room before locking onto her own. She jumped when a jolt of intensified sensation went up and down her spine, just like it had when they'd first been connected. She felt and saw him start as the feeling went down his own spine, too. The hairs on her arms stood up on end, and it felt like he was suddenly a lot closer to her side of the link. That was weird. Super fucking weird. What just happened? Achako whipped around to look back at Aizawa as he spoke, who was looking between the two. Why did you both just jump? She looked back over to Bakugo, not sure how to explain it. He just shrugged at her and sent the sentiment of whatever across the link. She felt mildly annoyed and a bit jealous that he already seemed to have a better handle on the link than she did. He appeared to be able to do the weird no-talking communication thing like it was second nature now. She shouldn't be surprised. He was good at everything he tried. Just one of those Bakugo-isms. Uh, we both felt a shock go up our spines, and now our minds feel... closer? She tried to explain it to Aizawa. Her eyes darted over to Bakugo to see his reaction, which was just to have brows furrow. 
It was a look that she would have previously interpreted as pissed off, but the link informed her that he was just concentrating, deep in thought. She vaguely wondered how many times she'd misinterpreted his facial expressions. Or at least that's what it felt like to me, she added as a qualifier, not sure if she'd overstepped her bounds, trying to explain what something felt like for Bakugo. He seemed to not have heard her, though. Aizawa was looking between them with narrowed eyes, calculating. I can't hear your thoughts echoing when you speak like before. Bakugo spoke up, meeting her eyes. Do mine echo for you? His side of the link broadcasted that he was curious and a bit frustrated. Achako paused. No, she couldn't hear his voice echoing, which, honestly, was a relief. While that hadn't been painful, it was a really weird and grating phenomena, like nails on a chalkboard. No, I can't. It's honestly a relief. That was really annoying. I can't hear any of your thoughts either, just a vague impression of how you're feeling, she replied to him, shaking her head. Can you hear this? Yes, I could hear that one. She nodded in assent to him, confused at what he was trying to get at. She suddenly felt him, for lack of a better description, pressing on the hole in the back of her mind. Then, without warning, Achaka was abruptly standing half in and half out of his mind. It was like he was reaching across the link into her mind and simultaneously pulling her across it into his. She felt his curiosity and mild discomfort at being vertical. He was tired of standing. He wanted to figure out how this whole court catastrophe worked so he could control it. As she was going step by step through his thoughts with him, she noticed that she still wasn't experiencing his emotions as she had the first night. However, with his pulling them together like this, she could better distinguish the finer intricacies of his emotions and their causes. He really just wanted to lie down. A flash of stubbornness combated his discomfort. He needed to figure this out while they were brushing minds like this. He wanted to focus. If I push into your mind like this, does it change for you too? Yeah, that feels a lot closer, I guess. How did you do that? She replied out loud. You know, you should just sit down if you really want to. She scooted over in her bed, patting the side. She felt his hesitancy at the familiarity of her proposition along with his slight offense that she thought he was not strong enough to stay standing. Just sit down, Bakugo, Achako said, as she rolled her eyes at his ridiculous weakness complex. <laughs> he said, as he reluctantly took a seat at the foot of the bed, as far away from her as possible, folding his arms while an eyebrow twitched. She felt his indignation at her bossing him around, and a small sliver of appreciation that he quickly buried under an avalanche of irritation. Figures. Achako thought quietly to what she thought was herself, forgetting that they were more closely linked at the moment than they had been all day. He definitely heard that. You want to go, Cheeks? He screamed into her brain, and she narrowed her eyes at him, folding her own arms across her chest. If you don't want to hear it, back off my brain. She felt him rapidly pull back from the link at her suggestion, verbally grumbling under his breath. It left a sensation of tingling where he had been previously occupying her psyche. As much fun as it is watching two people have a conversation in their heads, I have some information for you, Aizawa monotoned to the two. 
Achako looked back to- over towards him, flushing. She had almost forgotten he was there. It was strange. When she was focused on speaking with Bakugo through the link, she paid significantly less attention to the outside world. It was not a good habit to get into. What do you know? Bakugo's tone was clipped. He was still mad that Aizawa had attempted to skim over this information when he was with Achako. Achako wouldn't admit it out loud, but she was also super annoyed he'd tried to get through their initial conversation, withholding information that was very relevant to the current situation they found themselves in. Would he have ever told them this information if she hadn't mentioned they were still under the quirk's effects? Aizawa sighed, dragging a hand down his face, pulling at the bags under his eyes. While you were out, we looked into the registry based on what information Deku had collected regarding the effects of the quirk. We found a registered user that matches pretty well with the symptoms you experienced. We think the person who got you to is Kanayami Hito. His registration was updated when he entered middle school two years ago, but he never entered high school. He's been off the grid for the last three years. When you say matches pretty well, what do you mean? Bakugo said, suspicious. Achako hadn't picked up on the turn of phrase, but he was right. It was an odd choice of words to describe the system. Usually, quirk registrations were very detailed in recording the effects of a quirk. It was important to distinguish, for example, between someone who could produce red flames as opposed to blue flames. Similar quirks often popped up, but each one was unique, like a fingerprint. A registry of unspecific information didn't help to identify any one individual. Up until you two, all of his victims either died or went insane, so there wasn't a lot of data on what the quirk actually does, Aizawa said, making some seriously intense eye contact with Achako, who promptly choked on her subsequent inhale. What? She managed to get out. She felt a burst of annoyance from Bakugo as he turned to glare at her, sending her a vague message across the link. He seemed to mean, get it together, though Achako was still not a pro at interpreting non-word Baku speak. How many victims? Bakugo refocused on Aizawa. At least seven people, Aizawa answered curtly. We think his first victims were his parents, who were found dead several weeks after Kanayami dropped off the map. At the time, the coroner had no idea what had killed them, but a few weeks later, witnesses watched Kanayami link two civilians' minds and watched as they collapsed and died shortly after. Why did we survive? Achako blurted, feeling a bone-deep fear at what could have happened to them. Bakugo, however, just felt angry. Well, like I said, there has been at least one set of survivors— it seems Kanayami was experimenting with his quirk and tried to link three people up. They almost died, but somehow survived. He sighed deeply, pausing. But they are all totally insane. We can't make a lick of sense out of what any of them say or do. Achako shuddered. She felt as though she sort of understood why the victims had lost their minds. Being connected with Bakugo like she had been several days ago, had been the most intense experience of her life. It was maddening to not know what thought or feeling was your own. Hell, she was barely keeping it together now, when she wasn't simultaneously feeling and thinking everything he was. She couldn't imagine being linked to two people. 
Shit. Bakugo drawled out in disbelief. She could feel him processing the information with about as much comfort she was, which was none. We could have died. I wonder why we didn't. It's fucking bizarre. Why us? Do you have any theories as to why we are the only ones who are okay? Achako asked Aizawa instead of trying to answer Bakugo's question. Aizawa shrugged. If he had any idea they were talking telepathically, he didn't show it. I have a few personal theories, but honestly, only time will tell. Humorous. Bakugo growled, annoyed at the avoidance of the question. Well, I suspect that there is some additional factor that affects how Kaneyami's quirk manifests. Things like the metal, mental resilience of the individuals, or maybe mental compatibility with the other person in the link. You two must have some sort of additional trait, either as individuals or as a pair, that makes you well-suited to being connected psychically. Achako snorted, amused. Mental compatibility between herself and Bakugo. <laughs> they were about as compatible as oil and water. She felt Bakugo's own amusement at the idea. Or, I suppose, Kaneyami could be gaining better control over his quirk and is able to influence the degree of severity his quirk has when he applies it. Like you learned to do with your own quirk, Uraraka, Aizawa continued, tapping his chin thoughtfully. Though, that doesn't make as much sense. Why would he purposely spare your lives and mental capacities? Achako couldn't fault his logic. The last one made the most sense from a quirk application standpoint, but made no sense as a battle strategy. The whole thing was strange, and seemed to be way more complicated than she had initially considered. Like you said, time will tell. Bakugo grit out between teeth. She glanced over at him, seeing the tension in his body. Ochako could tell he was on edge, clearly thinking hard about something. What is it? What are you thinking? She attempted to get closer to his side of the link, like he had a few minutes earlier, to be able to interpret his emotions better. But just as she approached the edge of where she felt his mind, she was roughly shoved back into her own. She felt her thoughts mentally sputtering at the action. Fuck off. He snarled at her mentally. Okay, clearly this was something he didn't want to share with her, but there was no need to mentally shove her so hard. Wait, actually, how the heck had he done that? How did you do that? She asked him out loud, which seemed to throw him off. Do what? Aizawa asked, with barely contained curiosity, capturing Achako's gaze. He just, like, shoved me away from the link, she explained to her mentor quickly, before returning her attention to Bakugo, who was scowling at her. Yeah, well, you were being fucking nosy. Mind your own goddamn business, he replied, sneering at her. She felt him attempting to pull away from the link but he was mostly unsuccessful. It was like he was trying to run away from her while they were tied together with a rope. He just ended up dragging her with him. She could feel his dissatisfaction with the situation as a whole, and a sort of desperation to not be tied with her in this way. It dawned on her then. He felt powerless. He was realizing that he couldn't control what was happening, and he did not like that one bit. Not that she did either, but it wasn't as foreign a feeling to her as it must be to him. She had felt powerless for the majority of her life. 
It had only been the last few years as a pro-hero that she had truly felt her own independence and agency. She could imagine that he hadn't ever had to deal with this feeling for more than a short period of time. It must have been hard to experiencing it for more or less the first time. She felt a pang of guilt and sympathy for him. Yeah, you're right. Just because we can have total access to each other's thoughts doesn't mean we should be able to do it without permission, Machako said apologetically. She reached out to touch his hand where it rested on the bed. I'm sorry. With her hand connected, she felt the link snap their minds back together, like magnets zipping across space to connect with a violent smack. Within a nauseating millisecond, she and Bakugo were back to how they'd been that first night. She felt overwhelmed by the influx of information her brain was now receiving. It didn't help that they were both disoriented and panicked at the sudden change in mental state. He wasn't just scared of the powerlessness. He had realized that they might still be in danger of going insane or dying. They had no idea what was going to happen. He was terrified of the unknown nature of their new existence. She hadn't considered that they may still be in danger. Of course she hadn't. She was an idiot. They could die still. They were probably... Definitely at this rate. ...going to go insane. She felt two sets of emotions rage through her mind in a hurricane of feelings. It was just as intense as it had been before, and she was just as unprepared to deal with it as before. What Take your happened? fucking hand off Oh, me. right. Just as fast as she had placed her hand on his, she ripped it off, and her brain shot back into her own head, recoiling from their forceful disconnect. Or maybe his mind was ripped away from hers? It wasn't super clear. What was super clear was that she was dizzy and lightheaded. The psychic rattling of being launched together, then ripped apart, was an incredibly disorienting sensation. Mm. She groaned out as she collapsed back onto her pillow, too dizzy to stay upright. Fuck you. Bakugo spit out at the same time and swayed dangerously at the foot of the bed. Aizawa reached out to catch his shoulder, keeping him from face-planting. Okay, Aizawa said after a few seconds of the two catching their breath. So no more touching. Yeah, you think? Bakugo retorted bitterly, jerking his shoulder out of Aizawa's grasp. He scooted infinitesimally away from Achako, which, if she was being honest, kind of hurt her feelings. She sure as hell wouldn't have touched him if she knew that was going to happen. I think it's safe to say that we have a lot of work ahead of us, Aizawa droned, returning his hand to his armrest, when he seemed confident Bakugo wasn't going to nosedive off the bed. Wh- what do you mean, Aizawa-san? Achako said, still recovering her breath from the psychic whiplash, not really understanding what he meant. Well, I figure that you can't stay on morphine to control the quirk forever, so you two have a lot of training ahead, Aizawa said, shrugging. We can't have the number two and number seven heroes out of commission because of a mind-melting quirk. What do you, what do you mean, mean training? Achako and Bakugo spoke at the same time, then turned to glare at the other. You haven't figured it out yet? Aizawa queried, raising an eyebrow in amusement. <laughs> Bakugo bristled at the implication. Achako merely shook her head. This is acting like a second quirk that you now both control. Or at least, it seems to be under your control. That means we can train it like any other quirk to better control it. 
It's pretty clear the morphine and sedative had an effect of the strength of the connection, too. It's been getting more intense the fewer drugs you have in your system, no? Oh, duh. That seems obvious now. Ochako felt her neurons connecting at his words. Obviously, the connection had been fuzzier because of the drugs. She'd realized it herself earlier today. She couldn't believe she hadn't put it all together yet. This was acting like a second quirk. They could control it, and maybe even use it to their advantage. They just had to train it, like they had their own quirks over the course of their time at UA. They could totally do this. It's kind of insane how strong this next generation's quirks are. Yeah, this kid effectively gave us a second quirk. Machaco chose to file that particular thought away for later analysis and decompression. She couldn't worry about the next generation's woes right now. She needed to focus on herself and Bakugo for the moment. She felt determination flow through her like fire. She was ready to tackle this new challenge. I can't believe I'm going to have to train with you. Seriously, that's what you're worried about? When do we start? Bakugo asked, in lieu of actually answering Ichako's annoyance at his dismissal of- Ugh, he certainly had a way of ruining a good mood. Tomorrow. We've got to get you up and functioning as soon as we can, Aizawa answered with an authority that turned his word into law. They would start training tomorrow to learn to control this weird second quirk they were somehow forced to receive. Achako couldn't tell if the twisting of her gut was due to excitement or terror at the thought of training with Ground Zero. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this reading, please use the AO3 link in the description to give the author a well-deserved kudos and comment. Also, don't hesitate to message us on Twitter with your requests for fix to be read.